If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Normally, when I'm in the United States, most, probably 99.9% .9 of the messages that I preach are directly related to missions. That's what I do is I'm, when I'm here in the United States. And so this is a different type of message for me this evening. And I'm really kind of excited to bring it to you. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to open your word this evening. Lord, we thank you for those that have joined the live stream. And Lord, we thank you for those that work the technology that goes into sending the, the broadcast out over the internet. Lord, as we gather together tonight, Lord, we ask that you would help us to focus on this very familiar passage Many of us have grown up hearing messages preached from this passage. Lord, it is so easy to just sit back and say, well, I know this. But Lord, we ask that you would help us to see again what you have for us here. In your name we pray, amen. Messages have been slipped into bottles and shipped on mysterious voyages at least since 310 B.C., when Greek philosopher Theophat—I practiced this name earlier—Theophatus employed the tactic to test his theory that the Atlantic flows into the Mediterranean Sea. 
And in fact, so-called drift bottles are still employed as a means of charting ocean currents today. But in 1913, Richard Platt tossed a bottle into the Baltic Sea while on a hike on the German coast. 101 years later, in March of 2014, that bottle was found by a fisherman, Fisherman Conrad Fisher. Although Platt's died in 1946, a genealogist followed the clues and found his way to the door of his granddaughter, Angela Erdman. Platts died six years before Erdman was born, making the delivery of the postcard bittersweet. He also included two stamps from that time, as they were also in the bottle, so that the finder would not incur a cost, Erdman told the Guardian. But he had not thought that it would take 101 years. There was another message in the bottle in 1956. Long before the internet was ever a thing, long before Match.com was ever an option, a lovesick Swedish sailor by the name of Ake Viking took his search for love to the salt water. A quick message to someone beautiful and far away was corked in a bottle and dispatched into the ocean. Two years later, Viking's plea was answered by a Sicilian woman named Pauli... Polonia. I am not beautiful, but it seems so miraculous that this little bottle should have traveled so far and long to reach me that I must send you an answer. The two began a correspondence that ended in Viking's move to Sicily to marry his match made by the sea. Today, although people still throw bottles into the sea, we have much faster means of sending messages. It is estimated that nearly 6 billion people worldwide will be able to send and receive text messages by 2025. In fact, there are an estimated 123 billion text messages sent every single year. That's 270,000 each second. Evidently, people like sending messages. This evening, I would like for us to consider a message that was sent a bit over 2,000 years ago. We already read the first 18 verses in the book of Luke. We're not going to read them again. But there are at least four different messages that are found in this passage. This evening, we're just going to focus on one of those messages but let me mention the other three in passing. You see, the angels gave a message of peace. The innkeeper gave a message of rejection. And Joseph and Mary gave a message of surrender. Tonight, though, I want us to take a moment and just focus on the shepherds and what message the shepherds gave. There are several important things that we must consider as we look at the message of the shepherds. Before we can look at the message of the shepherds, though, we must very briefly consider the message that was sent, delivered to them. Look again with me in verses 9 through 14. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We're not going to take the time this evening to look in depth at the message of the angel. But I want you to notice that this was a startling message to the, to the shepherds. It was something that they were not expecting. It was, it was something totally outside of their imagination. In fact, the Bible indicates that there was great fear on the part of the shepherds as this message was delivered unto them. But not only was this a startling message, it was a soothing message. One of the first words that the angel said unto him, unto the shepherds, were, Fear not. It was a message that brought peace. It was a soothing message. It was a message of peace. It was also a salvation message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. There was going to, a Savior was born that would come and, and die on the cross and shed his blood so that you and I can have our sins forgiven. You see, the message that the, that the shepherds received that night was that the good news, it was the good news that the promised Messiah had been born. The Messiah had been prophesied many years previous in the book of Isaiah, and, it, and a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. The shepherd's message that we want to consider this evening is wrapped up in their response to the message that had been delivered to them. So in order to see the message of the, shep of the shepherds this evening, I want us to consider the shepherd's response to the message they received. The first thing that we notice here is that they heard the message. They heard the message. How many times have you received a text message on your phone that you said, oh, I don't need to deal with that right now, and you just ignored it? Or you received a message and you just swiped delete? Or you got an email and you didn't even open it. You just sent it direct to the trash bin. I know I, I get probably 60 to 70 emails every single day. And 90 or percent or more of those emails, I don't even ever open. We can receive messages without hearing the message. Occasionally, this is a problem in our house. You know that we have six children. They range in age from 18 to 2 months. And occasionally, I'll tell one of my children to do something. I know that their ears are working. I know that they can hear me. They may even be in the same room that I'm in. But they act as if they did not hear. Their ears were working, but their mind was not engaged in the message. And as a result, although the sound waves hit their eardrum, they did not really hear the message. 
the same thing can happen to any one of us. We get so busy in life that we miss important messages. There was a well-known Broadway producer, Jed Harris, who once became so convicted that he was losing his hearing. So he went to a specialist. The specialist pulled out a watch and asked, Can you hear the ticking? Of course, Harris replied. The specialist walked to the door and asked the question again. Harris concentrated and said, Yes, I can hear it clearly. Then the doctor walked into the next room and repeated the question a third time. A third time, Harris answered and said, I can hear the ticking. Mr. Harris, the doctor concluded, there is nothing wrong with your hearing. You just don't listen. Men sometimes get griped at, if I could use that terminology, by their wives for having selective hearing. There was a study done in Britain about those that had selective hearings, and 7 in 10 Brits believed their partner had selective hearing. And men were worse than women, according to the study. For couples across the UK, it's a familiar scenario. They ask their their mate to do something, and their other half conveniently doesn't hear what they were said. I'm sure none of us would have that problem in any of our relationships. During the course of the typical week, men won't hear what their partner is saying on seven occasions, or 388 times a year. Thanks to advancements in technology and in brain research, we can say with scientific certainty that selective hearing does exist. The reason is that our attention is an expensive resource on the brain. So we chose to focus only on what we deem most important. I want you to catch that for just a minute. The studies that scientists have done say that that we focus on what is most important to us and we tend to tone out everything else. This also means that we can't multitask very well. We can't text message at the same time we send an email, at the same time we listen to our kids, at the same time we listen to our spouse. It just doesn't work that way. God did not make our brains to be able to do that. However, when that message came to the shepherds that night so many years ago, they did not tune the message out. They were focused on what God had for them. They were focused on the message that the angels were bringing. They heard the message. Their brain was engaged with what was going on around them. They were listening. They were listening for the voice of the angels. Let me ask you this evening, are you engaged with the word of God? Or have the pressures of life, have have all of the concerns of 2020, have all of the problems of 2020, has all of the situations that we find ourselves in, has it pressed out the word of God this evening? It is so easy to read the Bible without actually reading it. It is so easy to come to church and to listen to a sermon without actually hearing it. Are you listening today? 
Are you listening? Or has the familiarity of the, of the season, has everything going on around us? We know the Christmas story. We know what's going on. We know what's going to take place. Has it crowded out the message? The shepherds heard the message. I'm reminded in the Old Testament of the, of the character of Samuel. If you remember, Samuel was sent to the temple by his mom. He lived in this temple, and one night he was sleeping. And the voice of God spoke to him three different times. What did Eli tell Samuel? Do you remember? Eli told Samuel to, to go back, and when he heard the message, to say, here I am, God. Can you hear God speaking today? May we listen to the message. Not only did the, did the shepherds hear the message, but they also heeded the message. Look again with me in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. As we consider the, their heeding of the message, there are two important things that we see. First, I want you to notice that they said, let us now go. Let us now go. They did not sit around and talk forever about what they had seen. They did not just say, okay, maybe I'll get to it in the future. They said, let us now go. It was something that was urgent in their heart. It was something that they felt like they had to do at this particular moment. There may be people listening tonight that have never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Let me tell you this evening that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that he could take your sins away. He, he shed his blood so that you can have the free gift of salvation. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Some of you, might, God might be dealing with you in other areas, and, and there are so many different possibilities, I cannot even begin to list them all. But when you hear the message, when you hear the message from God, whether it's in your personal Bible reading, whether it's in a sermon, whether it's in something just going through your life, when you hear the message of God, when, when that message comes to you, heed the message. We see that the shepherd said, let us now go. The second important thing here is that they came with haste. They came with haste. You know that we're missionaries and we do a lot of traveling, visiting a lot of different churches. I think if we did the math we've put in, since we've been back and we came back to the States on November 3rd, since that time we're up almost to 5,000 miles that we have traveled since November 3rd. We spend a lot of time in the car. One of the things that we've helped spend time with our kids in the car is we've invested in an adventure series called Patch the Pirate. Some of you know what I'm talking about. For those that don't, I'd encourage you to look it up. They're, they're, they're good stories. And one of the songs, one of the adventures in Patch the Pirate Goes to Space, there's a song called Obey Right Away. 
the main message of the song is that to delay is to disobey. Let me say that again. To delay is to disobey. One of the things that we have to do as parents is we have to teach our children the importance of obedience and to teach them that when we tell them to do something, we expect it to be done. We, we tell our kids to go clean up their room. We expect them to go clean up their room. We don't expect them to say, okay, I'll clean up my room in two hours. No, to delay is to disobey. When it comes down to the shepherds, when they heard that message, they heeded the message. The angels came to them and said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They decided that they were going to listen to that message, that they were going to heed that message, that they were going to take action in regards to that message. So they left their shepherd field. They left that hillside and they went to the town of Bethlehem and just as the angel had said, they found the child wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I don't know what message God is sending to you in your life at this time. But I do know this, that, that when you get that message, when you hear God speaking to you, when you're reading your Bible and, you, and God just speaks to your heart, heed the message. Remember, to delay is to disobey. We see that the, that the shepherds heard the message. We see that they heeded the message. Now let us consider briefly that they heralded the message. Verses 17 and 18. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad this saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. The Bible says that they made known abroad all of those things that, that, that they had been told. All of those things that they had experienced. They, they went and they spread it abroad. They could have come back and said, okay, I saw the baby. I worshiped the baby. The Messiah was born. They could have come back to their shepherd, to their sheep, and just stayed there and kept it all inside. But that's not what they did. The Bible says here that they spread it abroad. They did not keep their experience to themselves. They shared it with others. They told others what had happened to them. You see, you and I as believers, we have had the best possible thing happen to us. When we accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, God, the Bible says that we had our sins forgiven. We've had our sins washed away. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. When you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says that there was a transaction made, there was a washing that was done, and your sins were washed away. I can't think of a better message that you and I have than to share the message, the good news of salvation, the good news that Jesus Christ came as a baby he, he lived, he died, he shed his blood 
so that we can have our sins forgiven. But all too often, we don't follow the shepherd's example. You see, all too often, we accept that free gift of salvation and then we keep it inside of ourselves. But that's not what God desires. That's not what, what the shepherds did here. When they heard that message, when they heeded the message, the Bible says that they heralded the message. They spread it ab abroad. Are you involved in spreading the message of the good news of salvation abroad to those around you? We need to follow the shepherd's example and share what God has done for us. We said earlier that there were at least four messages in this passage. The angels gave a message of peace. The innkeeper gave a message of rejection. Joseph and Mary gave a message of surrender. The message of the shepherds is wrapped up in their response to the message that they heard. Remember, they heeded the message. They heard the message. And they heralded the message. Ultimately, we see that the message of the shepherds is a message of obedience. I want us to look just for briefly at this. There was an assumed command in the message of the angels. The angels did not say, go to Bethlehem. But there was an assumed command in the message that the angels delivered to them. In verse 12, it says, And, ye, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The angels assumed that the shepherds were going to leave where they were at, that they were going to go to Bethlehem, and that they were going to see and worship the baby there. You and I do not have an assumed command today. We have a very blunt, a very plain command. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it is not an assumed command. It is a clear delineation from the Word of God that you are to go to those around you. The shepherds were obedient. Are you being obedient to the command of God today? The shepherds went. Are you going to those around you with the gospel? There was another implied command in the message that they received in Luke chapter 10, um, 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This message was not just to be limited to the shepherds. This message was not just to be limited to a select group of people. This message was not just to be limited to the United States or, or to Springfield, Missouri, but it was to be shared all around. Again, the shepherds were obedient. They heralded, they shared the message. You and I have received a message from God. Just as the shepherds were to tell the good news of the Savior's birth, you and I are to tell the good news of the Savior's death and resurrection. You and I are to share the good news of salvation with all of those around us. The shepherds' message tonight is a, is a message of obedience. Are you and I, are we being obedient to the message that we have received? 
Are we sharing with others what God has done for us? You might say, Brother Ellie, you don't understand. I don't know how. Well, let me just tell you, it's pretty simple. If nothing else, take a tract and ask somebody, just hand it to somebody and say, will you please read this? Share with somebody what God has done for you, how God has worked in your life. The most effective salvation testimony, the most effective tract, the most effective way of sharing your faith is to share what God has done for you, your own personal experience. Let's not forget in this season to be obedient to the command of Christ. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, we read these words, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that somebody was obedient to the command of God to bring the good news of salvation to me. May we follow the shepherd's example. May we be obedient. The message of the shepherds, a message of obedience.